0: What's up friends? This is uh, the Ambushed Podcast. My name is John. I was trained as a pastor and this is one of the ways I try to, well I guess in some sense you could see these as somewhat sermons, but I'm trying to do these in such a way that they kind of cover topics that you can't really talk about as easily because we go into some other territories than is usually talked about from pulpit setting. But either way, it doesn't really matter because I'm glad that you're listening. Thank you for checking this out. This is part two of a series that I'm calling Reframing because over the past couple months, I've been taking rather copious notes about what is my own approach and perspective to a number of things, especially in regards to, well, Life, and God, and faith, and doubt, and forgiveness, and beauty, and the five senses, which we'll talk about today, but uh, I was raised in a church, and in church settings, and so after a while, I just got terribly bored, and that might even be you, because if you were at all like me, I started to hear the same things over and over and over again. And so as a result, I really started to latch on and even try to seek out some alternative perspectives of the same old things. And man, I was not disappointed. So this one, we're gonna call it uh, Bonaventure Said The Journey Is Good. That's the title for this one. And what makes me laugh is because, well, I guess two things. Maybe even a few things. Saint Bonaventure of Bagnoregio uh, was born in Italy, and he was a successor to Saint Francis. And so we even have a famous biography of Saint Francis as a result of Bonaventure. But Bonaventure lived as a contemporary to Thomas Aquinas, and in fact, the both of them taught at the University of Paris at the same time. But the Catholic Church seemed to rally behind Thomas Aquinas. Not in a bad way. I mean, he did an incredible systematic theology that was coherent as much as possible and brought in other disciplines called the Summa Theologiae. Theologiae. But Bonaventure was also a renowned theologian and you could say he had a number of incredible pieces called that Hexameron and the Brevoquillium and my favorite, which is not just the bi- biography of St. Francis, but this one called the Itinerarium Mentis in Deum, which is what we'll talk about this time. And Itinerarium mente, Mentis in Deum is Latin for the soul's journey into God. Now, mentis could be mind. It could also mean soul. Itinerarium would be journey. And then deum would be God. And so it kind of makes me chuckle because Bonaventure said the journey is good. But that's also what the name Bonaventure means. Bon meaning good and venture meaning adventure. So maybe it's just like a a title thing that just tickles my fancy because a guy named Bonaventure wrote about a journey and his name means that. Anyways, let's get into it because like I said, with this reframing series, I want to try to give an alternative angle on a number of things and uh, this one is going to be all about the difference in my understanding and maybe even according to what Bonaventure says about what is immature religion and what is mature religion and how do we connect with the divine so that's the topic so thank you for checking this out this is ambushed and if you'll like it give it a share maybe even go so far as to give it a rating on iTunes because that would be swell but to those of you that uh Enjoy this. Please give me just a shout out, give me an email or a text, and just let me know that you enjoy it. And maybe even give a comment about it because why not? Let's try to engage a bit more. So, this is Bonaventure said the journey is good. Bonaventure had a vision while on top of a mountain, and it was that of. Jesus being crucified, but it was coming to him as if it was a seraph. So it's a weird image, right? But there were six wings. And after he had this vision, he decided to sit down and write about it. And that's where we get the itinerarium mentis in deum. It is his attempt at trying to understand the vision that he had. And what he did was really rather profound. He decided that there would be well actually seven chapters to this piece there would be one chapter to be introduction but then there'd be two two and two because that's three pairs of wings that make up for the six-winged seraphim and so he is actually called the seraphic doctor which means the angelic doctor what is profound about bonaventure for me is that he reframed parts of what it means to be on a Jesus path and to have a spirituality centered around Jesus. What he did was um, say that there's generally three ways that anyone and everyone can connect with God, with the divine. And the first one is the movement out to physical things and the natural world around us. The second would be the movement inward when we examine our own interior life. And if you want to use the word soul, go right ahead. And then the third would be the movement up as we contemplate higher things and maybe even suspend our mental faculties and learn to sit in mystery and just be present to the divine mystery that's in front of us and behind us and within us and everywhere around us. But here's the thing. Bonaventure, I think really latched onto some really profound things because in the soul's journey into God, he doesn't talk about obedience, at least not in the sense that it seems modern Protestants do, especially of the more conservative bend. Not that being conservative is bad, but the mistake is thinking that our obedience brings us to God when in reality, according to Bonaventure, Absolutely everything in the organized cosmos is pointing us back to the divine. That's a very different thing. And so the idolatry or the overemphasis or the overvaluing of obedience is the exact mistake of the older brother in Luke 15 where there's a parable that Jesus tells of two brothers that both were disconnected from the father, not because of anything they necessarily did, but because of how they understood the father. And So that changes everything because the younger son runs off and squanders everything. and He thinks that separates him from God. And then the other one does everything right. And he thinks he's Separate from God in his own way. But really, the crux of the entire parable might be at the very end when Luke 15, was that, verse 31? Has the father figure say to both of his lost sons, well, actually to the older one, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. That despite their rebellion and their furious obedience, They always were one with the Father. So that really changes everything. We've got to stop and rethink this. And (laughs) it's fascinating. Because for Bonaventure, he was still of the medieval mindset, which was rather influenced by a guy named Plato. And Plato said that everything came forth from the divine and will return to the divine. And Bonaventure somewhat agreed with that, but he found that, excuse me, that principle showing up in the old as well as the New Testaments. When it says that God is the alpha and the Omega, Bonaventure talks about God being a circle often, meaning that the alpha and the Omega are both there. And in fact, the alpha and the Omega are the same thing because if you start a circle, you finish a circle, right back where you started. And so I've always loved reinterpreting the phrase alpha and omega in a multiplicity of ways, saying God is not just the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and end, which you've probably heard, or the start and finish, or the source and the completion. People have used other analogies like the spring And the river that leads into the ocean. There's the start and there's the finish that are both the same. That was how he tried to understand Christianity. Yeah, maybe somewhat influenced by Plato, but actually he found some resonances with how Christianity understands. Listen, everything comes from God and everything is, if it's on the right path, returning back to God. And some people think that the return back to God is completely dependent upon obedience rather than just pay attention to everything outside and within and above that's pointing us back to the divine. Now, (laughs) let me say, next up, we're going to try to divide these two things. What is immature religion and then what is mature religion? And it's important to do this because uh, I feel as though it's a really cliche statement when people say Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. uh, I don't buy that because it is a religion and maybe they just don't like the understanding of religion because maybe... They think it's completely couched in ritual and rote rites of passage. Well, if that's the case, then maybe it's because we're missing the point that some of the deeper rituals are pointing towards. Baptism is trying to point us towards a deeper reality, just like communion is. And in fact, a lot of church services are organized around ritual, and it's not that ritual is bad, because we are ritual-making machines. The way you brush your teeth is a part of your morning ritual. And so why not fill your life with rituals that point you back towards the things that matter most? So all that goes to say, I've always appreciated when I read religion in terms of the etymology or the, or- the origin of the word, might have something to do with religio, meaning to re-tie or to re-attach. Or some people like to think that maybe religio means to reconnect. And that's, a, I think, the difference. Immature religion is actually rather divisive, and it separates. Whereas maybe mature approaches of religion have much more to do with reconnection with all things outside, with all things within, and all things above, which, if you've noticed, that's Bonaventure's three avenues of how (laughs) a person can reconnect with the divine. So let's make some comments about immature religion that divides. Often, immature religion will say that connection to God is only achieved by obedience. And obedience, uh, I forget how it breaks down, but it it essentially means to listen or to hear. And so you do what you are told, you listen, you pay attention in that capacity. And so obedience has a lot to do with listening. But it's it's that immature religion will often use obedience to laws in order to say that you're connected with God, will demand obedience to customs in order to say that you are connected to the divine. So for laws, that could be, you've got to do what the church says, or else you won't be connected to God, or you have to do what the state says. And I I actually mean the government, because sometimes religion and empire get so entwined that sometimes people say you are disconnected from God if you don't do what your government tells you to do. Like, Whoa, that's a very immature and unhealthy understanding of religion. But then there's also to, to power structures. You are disconnected from God if you don't pay attention to authorities or the hierarchy, and that can be dangerous in its own way. Because we all know that some people can get into powers of authority or places of authority and actually be quite abusive and not really care about whether or not you are actually connecting with the divine. They just care that you're listening to them. And so what we have is immature religion has a lot to do Uh, with just following structures, to following power dynamics, to make sure you're staying in line and in step. But let's look at what does mature religion do? Because immature religion will give you the sensation maybe, or the security of saying that you're connected with God, but maybe not actually do it. But that's where Bonaventure steps in, because for mature religion, and mature approaches towards the Christ path, would say that connection to God is only achieved by grace, not obedience. But it's okay to start out thinking that obedience to laws and to structures will get you on the right path, because it will. Being on the right path and cleaning up your life is a good thing. Start paying attention to the laws and what things people have put into place, but to a point. Because after a certain while, you start to realize that you can't keep all the laws perfectly. And so, my goodness, what do you do? Do you build up an anxious complex? Or do you start to realize that the law was put there to show you that grace is the thing grace is what where the mojo is grace is where the I don't want to say power but the the mystery that changes things that's where that's where the good stuff is so for Bonaventure who says that the journey is good he says that the journey of faith it it he says that we can connect to God through the external cosmos. So that would be like nature. And that would be with people. And some approaches of religion would rather discredit nature and other people. But not for Bonaventure. He says that if God created nature and other people. Then that means that his fingerprints is all over them. They are endowed and imbued with the characteristics of God. Maybe not perfectly. But if you pay attention to to the goodness and the beauty and the truth within nature and other people, you might start finding yourself being pointed back toward the divine, towards the omega. But then he also does something profound. As Bonaventure not just says the external world, or I would say cosmos, but the internal world, or I would say the internal cosmos, your soul. Whatever you understand that to mean, Soul is just the the thing that's within you that honestly can feel like an expanding universe with stars and constellations. It's majestically beautiful, but Bonaventure would say that one other way that you can connect with God is through the contemplation of the things within you by examining your own interior world, the good and the bad. And as you look through the parts of your interior life, can you find the Christ? Can you find the, the, the God that wants to heal and to reconcile and to draw things back into the light and pull things out of the darkness? That's all theopoetic language, but Bonaventure would say you can connect with God by also paying attention to what is swirling within you. Because whatever's within you is there for a reason. And uh, Bonaventure would say, that's trying to point you back to God just the same as nature and the other people around you. And then finally, uh, the contemplation of things above, meaning if you can't connect with God through the natural world or through visiting with people who show you un incredible amounts of grace or love, then maybe, and if you can also connect with God through the contemplation of your own interior world, then maybe there's a chance that it would be best for you to just start thinking up towards some of the most lofty things. Like, Have you ever sat down and consciously just tried to think out the, the topics of mercy, let's say? Or have you ever sat down and tried to understand reconciliation? Have you ever sat down and tried to understand or come to a a working definition of what is unconditional love? Bonaventure would say that at a certain point, you can think about all of those things, but then your brain has to shut off in some capacity. And bow before the mystery of mercy. And bow before the merc- the mystery of reconciliation. Bow before the mystery of unconditional love. And then let that quietness lift you up into God in some capacity. Now, when Bonaventure wrote this, he didn't necessarily say that you need to... Um, do things in this order, that you you first have to experience God in nature and other people, and then within yourself, and then within, I mean, above you. He never did that. In fact, in some sense, you can kind of connect to God in all three of these ways, because as he would say, um the vestiges of god are everywhere the the divine fingerprint the divine footprint the divine soul print is within and around us at all times but immature religion this is this is where things are going to get a little scandalous that you can't necessarily say from the pulpit easily but immature religion might say that you can only find God, or you can only hear from God, or you can only be connected to God if you are reading the right sentences. And I kind of say that because the Bible is very important. It should be the prime or uh, first conversation partner that you have in your development of faith in this good, good journey. But at a certain point, if you can't open yourself up and start paying attention to the, the outside world around you, the people around you, if you don't ever cultivate the ability to look within yourself and examine your own interior world, and where is Christ trying to pull things out of the darkness and into the light within you, if you are incapable of sitting and thinking about divine mercy, grace, justice, unconditional love, uh, you, you might be prone to a very long lifetime of immature religion because you can't grow if you keep on the same level that you were when you started the good journey. I mean, that's part of a journey is that as you go along the journey, you start to see things differently differently. And more than that, if you ever do a really long walk or a really long hike, that's part of the beautiful thing, right? You walk out of your house, you drive to the parking lot, you park, you hike for a bit and you get a changing view and you maybe even have some vista views along the way. And then at a certain point, you hit the view, the majesty, the great spot on top of a mountain. It gives the best view of the day. And that was what you came for to get that majestic and beautiful view. And then you return and walk back and come back home again. Well, in some sense, Bonaventure would say that is the journey of faith. Everyone has to leave home and to walk through some hardships until they see something so beautiful that they realize that's what they were out for to experience. And then they return back to the home that they originally left with a different sense of self and the world. And I think I need to just say one more thing. (laughs) Bonaventure was a Franciscan, which meant that he was very much about the incarnation he thought that that was a prime principle and idea within Christianity. But on top of that, because he was such an incarnational person, it says, listen, the life of faith, the journey has got to be embodied. And because of that, he even wrote some really profound things about all the five senses, about touch, about sight, smell, taste, hearing, that all five senses are vitally important to the journey of faith. Because unless you activate all five senses, God could be speaking to you or God could be using anything in the external or interior world to point you back to him. And so if you only pay attention to what you can see or what you can read, then that means you're missing out on other signposts that are trying to Get your attention through touch, through taste, through smell, through hearing. Mature religion asks you and invites you to use all five senses on this journey and say, pay attention. The journey is good. Everything that you experience externally, internally, or according to mystery Everything is trying to bring you back to your omega, to your completion, to your finish line, to your ultimate good and divine end. This is why Bonaventure said that the journey is good because this is the journey that everyone is on and if they're on the right path, if they are conscious to it, if they're open to it, People will find their way back home. And, and I really do like this line. We're all just trying to walk one another home. This is a long journey, but it's a good one. And if you don't mind, uh, I was going to read you one final quote from this. I think it's just fantastic. And you're free to disagree. But it goes like this. It's uh, the very last section of itinerarium mentis in deum, which is Latin for the soul's journey into God. Ready? It goes like this. But if you wish to know how these things come about, ask grace, not instruction, desire, not understanding, the groaning of prayer, not diligent reading, The spouse, not the teacher, God, not man, darkness, not clarity. He's inviting people into mystery with that. Not light, but the fire itself. That totally inflames and carries us into God by ecstatic unctions and burning affections. This fire is God and his furnace is in Jerusalem. And Christ enkindles it in the heat of his burning passion, which only he truly perceives who says, my soul chooses hanging and my bones death. Whoever loves this death can see God because it is true beyond doubt that man will not live and will not see me and live. This is where it gets good. <laughs> Let us then die and enter into the darkness. That means mystery. Let us impose silence upon our cares, our desires, and our imaginings. With cru- With Christ crucified, let us pass out of this world to the Father so that when the Father is shown to us we may say with Philip it is enough for us. Let us hear with Paul my grace is sufficient for you. Let us rejoice with David saying my flesh and my heart have grown faint you are the God of my heart and the God that is and the God that is my portion forever. Blessed be the Lord forever and all the people will say let it be let it be. Amen. Wherever you find yourself on this path, it's okay to say, at least up front, obedience is important. But, and this is the scandal. Obedience isn't the important thing the whole way through. What is, is the grace that says when your obedience falls short, it's okay. Okay. Because everything in the world, everything within you, and all of the lofty ideas you could ever fill your head with are all trying to point you back home. And so never try to say to yourself, I can earn or I can lose connection with the divine. Because Jesus said from his very own mouth, He puts in the mouth of the God figure in the parable of the prodigal son, You are always with me, and all that is mine is already yours. May you, the listener, find yourself comforted by the fact that grace accompanies you along this path. May you see that the journey of faith is good through and through, And may you find comfort that even though you might have left the alpha, everything around you is trying to point you back towards he who is your omega. And that's how we understand that God is a circle, as Bonaventure would say. So may this guide your steps. May this cause you to reframe how you understand this journey. And so may grace and peace be with you.